Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. And tonight, The Gun Show is also, like, an actual gun show. And that's because my guest tonight is DJ Sumanik. You might know him as Yukon Strong. He's a hunting guide and a YouTuber and also a strong vocal advocate for Canada's law-abiding firearms owners. And I met him at the Integrity March in Ottawa, and we were both so busy there that we really didn't have time for a proper interview, so I thought I would invite him on the show. And so he's my guest tonight, and I'm really excited, and I'm embarrassed that it has taken this long to have him on the show. Now, the show is great to listen to, but as you know, um, it's even more fun to watch. And to do that, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our premium, long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I'm really excited about tonight, obviously. But you also get access to David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup, as well as Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show. All you need to do is go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member. It's only 8 bucks a month. I don't think you'll regret it. And just for my podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus membership by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. That's rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member. And again, the coupon code is podcast. So take advantage of that. And if you like the show, and I'm relatively confident that you will, please leave a five-star review wherever you find us because that's a great way to support the show without having to spend a dime. But it also helps other people find us too. It sort of tweaks the algorithm in the podcast listings. Now, please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. The largest pro-gun rights rally in a generation took place on Parliament Hill over the weekend, and so, of course, CBC got the whole story wrong. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. September 12th on Parliament Hill, 5,000 Canadians from all across the country and from all walks of life came together in the nation's capital to participate in the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights Integrity March. Now, the marchers said they wanted integrity from politicians, the Liberals, let's be honest here, who rammed through a massive gun ban, 1,500 models of hunting rifles and shotguns in the middle of a pandemic, outside the scrutiny of Parliament, in an ordering council, with just the stroke of a pen. It's wholly undemocratic. Now, Rebel News was there with two teams of reporters on the ground to make sure that someone in the media got the story right, because we knew the state broadcaster, CBC, and the rest of the mainstream media would definitely not, and they did not fail to disappoint. They have to protect their sugar daddy paymaster, Justin Trudeau, as you know. 
The CBC misreported the number of marchers as hundreds instead of thousands. They said the CCFR declined to speak to them when the CCFR absolutely did. And CBC generally did their very best to downplay the groundswell of mainstream anger and opposition to the outlawing of lawfully obtained property from law-abiding people as a response to illegal gun crime happening in Canada's big cities. Now, it was a very busy day, and you can see all of our coverage of the event and support our independent coverage at handsoffourguns.ca. But the day was so busy that I didn't get to talk to everyone I wanted to talk to. My guest tonight is one of those people. Joining me tonight from his home in the Yukon, in an interview we recorded yesterday morning, is DJ Sumanik. Most of you may know him as Yukon Strong. Now from his home in the Yukon is DJ Sumanic. Now, most of you gun enthusiasts out there may know him as Yukon Strong, strong advocate for the rights of Canada's lawful, law-abiding firearms community. And I'm so excited to have him on the show. DJ, thanks for joining me. Why don't you give people a brief rundown? I, I mean, the firearms community will definitely know who you are, but not everybody who watches my show is from the firearms community. A lot of them just care about property rights, which is good enough for me. Um, why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are? Well, before we start, I have to tell you, Sheila, uh, when when you were at the Integrity March the other day, I found out that you are literally an angel on my shoulder. And if you go and watch the uh, Andrew Lawton show, uh, <laughs> They had me on there doing an interview and it was like a weird camera trick. You were just in the background, but you were like sitting on my shoulder for Aww. half the interview. I was like, wait a minute, that's Sheila Gunn Reed back there. <laughs> so I'm like, is she a good angel or an evil angel? <laughs> you know, I did get it at the inter or at the rally. People were like, you're a lot smaller in person. So maybe, maybe that's just like one of those things. I'm just a little tiny person on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, okay, well, as for myself, let's see. Um, well, born and raised in the Yukon, um, very much an outdoor oriented uh, childhood. So my father, he had definitely some different ideas, even for up here back then. So we had a trap line uh, to start with, but we also had um, a fox farm to breed for fur. Uh, we also live trapped uh, lynx uh, Martin and Fisher to breed in captivity for zoos. Um, so anyway, that that was like a most of the year round job doing that, you know, uh, and then any other time we had left, we were out there hunting, hiking in the mountains with I, I'm a sheep hunting addict is is what my that's where my my love is. I work all year to to, to get out there and get in the mountains and, and, and just be amongst the elements. That's my Oh, I'm just thinking about it right now because uh, <laughs> it's that time of year, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, when I was about, uh, I think I was seven, five, I was five, five or seven, I can't remember. But my sister, my mother and I were in a really bad car crash and she wound up uh, getting a brain aneurysm and paralysis from it. So at that point, we had to move into the city to go get her help to get um uh you know physiotherapy and things like that to get her along 
and uh, so I stopped hunting for ooh, a good 10, 10 to 15 years as a result of that, uh, you know, and uh, then I came back, my parents split up at some point along the way there and I came back to, with my dad and he's like, well, why don't we go hunting? And since then I've just been stuck in the outdoors. Now I've gotten myself licensed as a guide. Uh, I go out twice a year to take out uh, hunters professionally. Um, and my dad has an outfitting area now in BC and uh, we spend as much time as we humanly possibly can in the outdoors. So um, yeah, it's to, to say firearms are a part of that is a pretty small understatement. It's part of my job. It's part of uh, what I love, you know, and it's, it's literally for self-protection too. Both my father and I are in the process now. We're going to, I think we're going to try and get our authorization to carry for when we're um, working on uh, the outfit because the bears are crazy, man. Like sometimes they, when they're wounded and stuff and you never know, especially when you have a client there and it's in thick brush and it's just, it's hard to handle a rifle, you know, in yeah. certain instances. And most of the time you can use a rifle most of the time, but there are, I've had two instances now where I really, I thought, geez, I wish I had a pistol right now, you know, and you don't really want to wish you had a pistol when there's a bear <laughs> in front of your face. Right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And then I started to notice all the things that uh, Trudeau, the liberals, it's not just firearms, you know, they, they really have been um, up to some nefarious stuff. And I said, I was looking around, so why isn't somebody doing something? Why, how, where, where's our politicians? Where, where's our leaders? What, what, why isn't somebody stopping us? It's, it's crazy. And then you think, well, can't get any crazier and then you look in the news the next day and it's 10 times as crazy you know so at that point i was like somebody's got to say something and uh here i am now i'm online doing what i can to throw a monkey wrench in every liberal plan i can see <laughs> and uh, stand up for peaceful uh law-abiding gun owners across this country because if we um if we preserve our rights we're we're actually going to be preserving everyone's rights, whether they realize it or not, even the folks who uh, don't own firearms, you know, uh, you don't want to give up your right. It, it, like, just because say, I, I have no plan to exercise my right to gay marriage doesn't want to, doesn't mean I want to ban it, right? I want to make sure that people have the options for their lifestyle, they can do whatever they want, as long as it doesn't harm me. And I would like the same thing in return. And we're not seeing that anymore from the other side of the political spectrum. They are out to eradicate anyone who disagrees is what it seems like to me. So hopefully soon uh, we can get Canada back on that, you know, unified path to, you know, peaceful, uh, free, and tolerant and kind and polite people again. And that's what we saw at the, the Integrity March, I think. You know, I love that. Um that idea that and it, you see it a lot on the right um and I, you know i hate to make property rights a left right issue but it, as it turns out it seems to be that way um when you see these sorts of things happening these slow creep of the government into your life you know there comes a time where you say well at first you say well why isn't somebody doing something about this and then you think well 
why not me? Like, why? <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I don't need to be a fancy politician. I don't need a fancy studio to do these things. I have a computer. I have a cell phone. Why can't I be the one telling the other side of the story? So I love that about how you came into sort of being a an online activist, like moving from hunting guide to online activist is sort of the same trajectory as moving from being a farm wife <laughs> to, to a citizen journalist like me. Uh, it's funny how many people took that same trajectory. Um, now, long before, well, sorry, I'll go ahead. I'll interrupt you there. Yeah, when please. The, when the knife's to your throat, Sheila, what do you do? Yeah. Ask yeah. for or you, or you push the, the arm away, right? Yeah. It's really what it is. The, the, the knife is at our throat on, in many respects right now uh, in this country. And, um, you know, my dad and I, my dad, he like, he is, <laughs> he's a character to say the least. And, uh, you know, he, he's like, he's like, what are you doing online? He's like, you're an activist now? I hate activists, he said. And I said, dad, like we're not going to be able to hunt soon unless we do something here you know and then i yeah. started we started we're, what we're doing right now is we're working on a show in the background it's going to be yukon strong the show and we're just going to be recording our adventures in the wilderness we have i would say maybe 25 percent of the first season done already and it's it's going to be great and now he's all into it he's like yeah and he's and i'm like well, we can have a section if you want where you can just say whatever you want he's like I can talk about Donald Trump. I said, <laughs> sure, if you want, you know, I don't care. Like he, 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 he's, he's now he's the same thing that happened to me is, is happening to him, I think. So um, everybody's got to get involved in here. Like we saw the last election, you know, the conservatives, they won the majority vote, which means we still have the silent majority out there, but we need them to become a vocal minority now, like they did in Ottawa last weekend. That was just fantastic to, to see so many good people together. Like it was awesome. Well, talk about the integrity march in a second, because I'm still sort of riding high from, <laughs> from being with okay. that many people who care about, um, again, I say property rights because there were a lot of people there who were like, I don't own a gun, but I respect your right to have one uh, and be a, a legal firearms owner. You're vetted every single day. Why are you the problem? I want police resources spent somewhere else. So I thought that was great because there was a, a strong contingent of those people in the crowd. Um, but I was reading your article in the Post Millennial that you wrote, I guess it was back in January of 2020. So five months before the order in council that banned 1500 popular models of rifles and shotguns. And, you know, they continue to shoehorn more models into there every single day. But you, the story of that article is that you were actually quite reluctant to have to become, you know, this, this advocate for the firearms owning community. Um, but Justin Trudeau forced you to be one. Yeah. Like I, I don't want, like, don't get me wrong. It was fun to meet all the people out there. And I've made, I was actually thinking about this last night because I, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to get involved in this. It's exhausting. You have yeah. to like, I feel like I have the same fight a thousand times with the same people. Like there's a real, um, there's a real, you know, you know what it is, is the folks on the other side of this argument, they're, they're starved intellectually for, for statistics, data, and new arguments, new justifications for, for their narr narrative. So you just get these people that just keep repeating things. And it's like, 
they're literally any argument they make, we, we have an answer for it and we have the data for it. There's very few instances where they can be like, yeah, we got you, you know? Yeah. Um, but now I'm starting to also feel like I made so many new friends this weekend, you know, like it, it's, it has brought some, some positivity into my world too, you know? Um, but it is, it's exhausting. Like I, I do everything myself. Like I have to make my videos. Like I the whole flight home. I was so tired on the way home. I just wanted to sleep and I had to make videos the whole time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, you know, and you have to be monitoring things to make sure you're on top of situations and it's mentally draining. And there's a lot of negativity. Like people are attacking you. People are saying completely horrible things that they would never ever yep, see yep. in your face, you know? And, um, at the end of the day, I just want to, I just want to go out hunting. I just want to, I, <laughs> I just want to live my life in peace. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, probably if, if we can secure gun rights and property in this country, uh, you know, get a change in government, I'm going to ease off the gas pedal like a thousand percent and go back to enjoying my life. I, I just, I, right now, I understand that um, people need to step up wherever they can. We need we need as many voices as we can get. So I got to do what I can. <clears throat> well, firearms owners like me, I'm I'm grateful for the work that you do. But when you, it, it's true when you point out the like the lack of an intellectual argument from the other side. The one that I hear the most is, "Why do you need an assault?" weapon for as though these things that are being banned are assault weapons but you know like that's the one thing that they that that for me i think is the one prevailing argument what do you need assault weapons for and my answer to that is it's not up to the government to tell me what i need because i don't even have to need this i can just want it and that's good enough um but secondarily they're not assault weapons to start with so uh, it's almost as though there is this wall of ignorance that I think for some people, it doesn't matter the facts and statistics, we're never going to break through it. They're true believers. It's like a religion. But on the other side, there are people who, uh, that we may never hear from, we may never ever hear from them. But when we say to them, did you know that assault weapons have been banned for decades? Did you know that Justin Trudeau is just using that term to play on uh, the fact that you don't have that information and he doesn't want you to have that information. I think there are people out there who their eyes do get opened up to these sorts of things. And so I guess that gives me hope to fight on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. So sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's all right. So let's look. So let's start with what you said at the beginning there. You said, why, why do you need an assault weapon? What a what an inflammatory statement, right? Yeah, so many levels. So first of all, who who gives you the right to de determine what anyone owns in this country? You know, period. You know, just because you are uncomfortable with my lifestyle doesn't give you the right to try and eradicate it. And that's what we're talking about. It's a form of discrimination. Number two, um, you know, I would I would suggest that the idea for you know, why, why does somebody need an assault weapon? Well, if there's a, a mortal threat that exists in the society to the point that police need to be armed in public, they need to, to carry a firearm, 
in order to protect themselves and, and society around them, then I would put forth that same danger exists for every single Canadian. Okay, so so really, what we're not talking about is whether or not there's justification uh, for for lethal uh, the ability for lethal defense in this country. What we're talking about is just the manner in, in which it's okay. You think it's okay for some people to do it. You don't think it's okay for me to do it. You, you think it's okay for this person to do it while calling to defund the police, head scratcher, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what, what separates me from law enforcement? What is it? It's, it's simply training. You know, they, they get trained to, to de-escalate situations and make sure that they can understand when use of force is appropriate, et cetera. But the bottom line is there's folks out there trying to do really nasty stuff to everyone they can 24 seven, and they will get away with it if they can. And the police cannot be everywhere all the time. We're seeing them like all over the world right now being overwhelmed uh, with just with political unrest, never mind criminal or homicidal intent, right? And then finally, the last piece of your argument there uh, yeah, assault weapons, it's its not a real term, it's slang, right? This was made up by media, uh, politicians, and anti-gun activists. Now, to be fair, and I'm, I'm interested in having a fair discussion, I would, yep. I would yep. say that an assault rifle is a real thing. Uh, you know, for instance, the, the Sturmgewehr 44, that was uh, made during World War II by... Hitler and the Nazis, and it's, the rumor is Hitler named it himself, right? This, and it literally translates to assault rifle because he wanted to f give his troops, you know, uh, confidence that they had this new sort of super weapon or something. And then they had, they wanted to frighten their opponents, right? So it makes you really think about it. Like, why are these folks, these supposedly peaceful folks, using Nazi propaganda to push their agenda in 2020? You know, and at the end of the day, like you said, 1977, Bill C-51. And if Polly is out there watching this, I suspect they are. They, they, they've yeah, been really yeah. on, on my back uh, the last little while trying to, I don't even know. You know, um, they, they released a document. I have the PDF, okay, where they define and a quote unquote an assault weapon as a select fire rifle capable of automatic fire. And those guns were banned in 1977 period period they're, they're, they're not accessible they're not available for purchase the only people who have access to them are military and law enforcement and a extremely extremely tiny tiny group of of grandfathered in people who can't use them can't transport them uh can't they can't do anything with them they're they're locked in their safe and, and can't go anywhere so um when i hear trudeau uh, and, and Bill Blair go on and on about, uh, you know, military style this and assault weapon that, you know, it's it's like you're talking about banning a unicorn. You know, you, you guys, like, we're, we're trying to we're trying to save lives, right? Like, we don't, I don't want, okay, I don't want to have people getting shot because I don't want violence in my society. Canada is like the most peaceful, peaceful place in the world. But I also don't want people having these incidents you know because then it gets blamed on to me that the, they they attempt to assign class guilt 
and, and label me as a monster. I'm, you know, so I, I legitimately want to solve this problem because it's 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 causing serious problems in my life. Okay, and um, you know when they when they use those terms, we can't. We're we're not even being honest. And when you start the foundation of an argument with dishonesty, the conclusions that you arrive from that discussion are going to be equally false. It's all just you're like I said. You're talking about banning unicorns. You, you can't do it. So. Um, at the end of the day, what we're looking at here is Blair and friends trying to drive Canadians politically using fear. And that's why they attempt to change language, to redefine definitions and make people, you know, believe in things that aren't real. Because when you when you change um, how somebody thinks about something, you also change how they feel about it. And we can do an experiment on that. If you'd like, I could do it on you right now. Sure, sure. Okay. So let's pretend that we're in a for foreign country. Let's pretend, I don't know, we're in Europe somewhere and we're, we're neighboring countries and we, we speak different languages, but in your country, uh, we have, we have masculine and feminine pronouns like French, for instance, and we'll, we'll use a tree as an example. So in your country, a tree is a masculine pronoun. So when you look at that tree, you say, okay, well, it's big, it's strong, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, stoic, I don't know, whatever you, whatever the word masculine brings to your mind, right? But in my country, well, that tree is feminine, okay? So I'm thinking it's maternal, it's motherly, it's beautiful, uh, it's peaceful, right? So already, because we've, we've changed the words in our language, we have different feelings about an object. Okay, so now this is now you see why they're, they're trying to push this term assault weapon because it invokes fear in people who don't know about it. it. It invokes a mental image that they've seen in a movie or something, and then that drives them politically. And they don't just do it on guns; they do it on everything. You know, it's it's not uh, a carbon tax; it's a price on pollution. You know, it, like they, they do it all, on so many different issues. And once you catch on to it, you're like, whoa, OK, this is kind of like it is a, a form of brainwashing, I, I guess. Not well, maybe not brainwashing, but um, it's it's emotional manipulation. That's what that's what it is. And Canadians are we're a kind of people. We're a friendly people. We're a compassionate people. So it makes us tar targets for that because generally we want to help. We generally want to do good no matter what side of the political spectrum we're on. And uh, yeah, when you read an article and it makes you feel afraid or you read an article that makes you feel angry or sympathetic or sad or outraged. Yeah. Now you're thinking, well, I'm going to get rid of this guy and I'm going to vote for that. And, you know, here we are divided our country in five years was you know a wonderful peaceful place and now we're at each other other's throats about everything it seems it's it's absurd it, what a wonderful segue though into uh the integrity march because cbc uh, redefined the term thousands to mean hundreds in, in their coverage of what happened at the integrity march um it was the largest pro-firearms rights rally since the late 90s, since the uh, long gun registry was brought in. Um, and yet 
the mainstream media did everything they could to downplay just the sheer size of the event. And I think the normalcy of everybody there, but you were there. So tell me what you think. Okay. Well, because I'm going to, once again, try and be fair, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was caught off guard by the amount of people. So I was like, well, we, we need a thousand people. That's what Rod was yeah. thinking. And the night before I'm like, Oh my gosh, what if nobody comes? <laughs> right? I, was, I was scared. But then I went out for a walk that night and I just walked down Spark Street and there's a whole whack of people. Like every bar was taken over by the CCFR sitting on the patio. And they're like, Yukon, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so there's going to be a few people here, I thought. And then I'm like, well, for and I'm like, where did you guys fly in from? Oh, BC, whatever, you know. And uh, so I'm like, well, for every one person who fly, flew in from BC, you know, or, or Alberta, you know, there's going to be 10 people probably coming from you know an hour away right so clearly there was a hunger to have our voice heard you know and uh there at first when i first showed up because we came early i was i walked up with tracy and uh there was like there there was about 800 people there right but that was at like 12 30 or something you know and uh it, it just kept filling and filling up and really the biggest group of people came right at 1 p.m and if tracy and rod if you're out there watching this if you're organizing the next one um what i would uh suggest is that like the the crowd it moves really slow like by the time you give an order at the front <laughs> you know it's 15 minutes behind so you know even at the end when i was recording the procession they were like wrapping things up on the hill and there were still hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming like every minute, you know? So, um, I, I didn't realize how many people were there. Like, I was like, this has got to be a thousand people at least. And then, you know, my, I ran, I recorded the, the, the procession. You can see it on my YouTube channel. I ran out of batteries. I couldn't even, uh, record to the end. So yeah, there was quite a few people there and, the insistence of the the anti-gun folks and the establishment media to try and discredit this it's it's just really juvenile you know it really is like you can go like go watch my video there's <laughs> there's no way it's 800 people like me I, I would say it's probably like in the video it's probably 400 people a minute you know something like that uh would be kind of realistic it's just they're they're lined up about 10 people across and they're just coming, you know, coming. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't care to count it and whatever, but it just shows you again, how, how, how they're trying to emotionally manipulate Canadians. They're trying to make it all oh, these guys weren't, weren't there. And the, the majority of people feel like this on that issue. And it's just, you know, CBC in particular, they are a public funded company they have a mandate to represent all Canadians. The fact that the establishment media and the, the anti-gun folks online are, are behaving in a very juvenile fashion to try and, you know, discredit the amount of people out there um, who, who showed up to the Integrity March, it's really indicative of, of what they're doing because they portray without question online that they have the overwhelming amount of support, you know, but if you look at, 
there's like a, a handful of anti-gun groups in Canada. They have, you know, a few die diehard followers on social media that post sort of the same stuff over and over again and really vindictive. They like they're the they're they're extremists. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. That's their right. It's a free country. And many uh, of these folks, um, you know, they 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 definitely scare me a little bit <laughs> in the sense that, you know, they're going off and on or sorry, on and on about the threat that I'm supposed to be. But, um, you know, they're worried that they're losing control of this narrative. They, we see this issue, for instance, in energy development. There's there's you can go look on YouTube. There's people who have like entire businesses that are formed about in, inventing, a, you know, a fake online support for whatever the issue of the day is to to try and bully a company into change and i think that's pretty much the tactic that these people are using because they tried to have a a, a protest last year and it was like it was literally it was like 20 20 people at one there was like three people at another one i think in toronto like the the heart of their support they got like 100 people you know we have thousands thousands and thousands of people online thousands and thousands of people willing to fly across the country to talk about this what you know we we have i think not only the first and the second now uh, largest e-petitions in canadian parliamentary history okay and these are verified you know there's no monkey business about this um these are people and these are canadians and if you i see uh, some of these groups, they they put up things like, oh, we had 5,000, 100,000 signature in a petition 30 years ago. Well, great. So have let, let's see your petition now. You know, times yep. change. Yep. S support for issues change. And there is a hunger right now uh, for civil liberties in this country because the Trudeau liberals are, it's like you're having like a thousand mosquitoes in your face on every single thing. It's like, screw off. Just, just go away. <laughs> you know, like, like we... Go, you guys can have whatever you want to have. You can do all this stuff and run the country. You can waste millions of dollars. That's our democracy. I I hate it, but leave me alone. Like why 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 are are you you know threatening me with jail time <laughs> right yeah, now? What yeah. what what other demographic in this country is is being criminally targeted by the government? You know, like imagine if we, the government was like, okay, well. If you're uh, going to be protesting, I don't know, climate change or whatever, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna label you as horrible monsters. And by the way, we're gonna ban your electric car, and it can sit in your driveway. Uh, you can't sell it. You can't drive it. And we'll we'll maybe pay you, I don't know, twenty five percent what it's worth with your own money. By the way, uh, in a couple of years when we when we kind of figure out what we're doing with this, you know, and that's just from a private perspective um you know think about businesses that are involved in this they got like millions of dollars in freaking inventory that they they have to sit on during a, a pandemic like people need cash right now mr trudeau um you're handing it out like candy apparently because people are so desperate and um you know meanwhile what do you do to to the gun shops the little mom and pops that shops that have been doing this for years you you, you take a massive chunk of their capital their assets and just lock it like 
why why would why wouldn't like a gun dealership be able to you know at least sell the remaining stock that they have you know like that that would be at least reasonable you know I, I i don't know there's there's so many aspects that we can get into with the ban itself if you like but um go ahead sorry i wanted to ask you with you know 200 well nearly 231,000 people signing that last e-petition sponsored by michelle rempel and then with 5,000 i would suggest 5,000 plus people on parliament hill i mean for me I stood there and I filmed everybody coming off the square 15 minutes to get everybody off the square, people flying from all over the country. Do you think that the momentum is shifting? Because I know for probably the last 15 or 20 years, the gun rights community, they were there, um, but they sort of had a friend in Stephen Harper when Harper was in charge. And, you know, he did kill the gun registry. But they were kind of quiet because... You know, we do still have a culture of confiscation. If you talk about the guns you have, then the government knows the guns you have. And, you know, confiscations have happened in the past. Um, They do arbitrarily just reclassify things overnight. The CZ858 is a good recent example of that. Um, Do you think that there's a cultural change now where Canadian gun owners are saying, like, I have to speak up now and I have to be loud, I have to be proud uh, no more of this silence. Do you think that that's happening? That's kind of the sense that I'm getting. Yeah. Um, well, the thing the thing with the the Harper government is, yeah, he 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 rolled back the the registry that nobody was using. Um, but they <laughs> actually it was pretty funny because I remember my mom and my dad were fighting about it. He's like, I'm not registering nothing, and I think my mom she was scared that the police were going to come and whatever. And she went out and registered a bunch of his guns. I can't even remember what happened. Um, but well, that's why they're divorced now. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you know, I think for me with Harper, he just didn't go, go far enough. He left it as in this kind of an ambiguous thing. And I recall there was a vote, I think it was at the 2013, Teen, uh, leadership conference to to maybe start doing something you know a rewrite of the firearms act or something and it, it almost passed it was it was very close but it didn't go through and then uh you know that's what happens now with 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 the left if you give them any sort of opening any sort of precedent um they are going to just come come for every single thing they can and then go way past, you know, equality or whatever. They're going to go to entitlement and then intolerance. So moving forward now, I think gun owners, we are much more aware that a more permanent solution is required, that it will maintain constant or it will, sorry, it will require constant maintenance of our, our rights, of our message. Um, and that standing around hoping that, you know, the Stephen Harpers or Aaron O'Toole's of the world are going to save you, probably not a good idea. You got to you got to get out there and make it clear to all political parties that if you're going to mess with guns, then you're going to probably suffer some political consequences. And I would suggest the singular best way for every gun owner out there to combat this problem is to get more people involved in firearms. If all of us just get one new person licensed this year, this year, introduce them to this wonderful sport, 
our numbers double and we will almost be 10% of the population. That is too large of a demographic for any political party to ignore. And uh, particularly in Ontario, you know, I was thinking about it, I'm like, I could get, well, I have, I've gotten lots of people, there are pal up here in the Yukon, but at the end of the day, we're only one seat, right? So it doesn't, doesn't help that much. But it, in the GTA, you guys, if you start getting kids and particularly women into shooting stuff, like they'll, yeah. they'll be hooked instantly. And then all of a sudden you got a whole whack of people right in the heart of, uh, of the districts that decide the electoral outcome more or less of the country. It's not, not a good, good idea for anyone. They'll just be like, ah, we'll just leave it alone. Right. So get more people involved, get online. There's a lot of, like one thing I'm really proud of these days with the gun community is it like if you look, especially on Twitter, you'll see mm-hmm. like some anti-gun guy or girl will come along and be like, blah, 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 blah. You're crazy. Why don't you move to the United States? And within seconds, within seconds, there'll be like five accounts saying, well, no, no, that's not how the laws are here. And and this is that. And that's a really extreme attitude. You know, like we have the facts like it's like I go there, I, I'm like, oh, geez, I better say something. And then I look too late. Somebody's already responded like they're they're all over it. So um, and these are just they're folks like me and you. They're just out yeah. there yeah. trying to, to, to get the truth out because these people have been so misinformed. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah, think I we think are we a community are, of normals. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to give you a chance because I. Like I just said off camera, I could probably talk to you all day and I know that you have stuff to do and I have stuff to do. Um, but I want to give you a chance to tell uh, maybe some of the people who you are kind of new to how they can find you and more importantly, how they can continue to support the work that you're doing out there, uh, fighting for freedom, fighting for property rights and fighting for gun owners like me, families like mine. Um, well, I just, I'm, I'm mainly on Twitter, but I got a YouTube channel. I'm trying to actually, that's how people can help if they can follow me, follow me on YouTube. Cause I, I can't seem to get as many followers on there, um, as I, I can on Twitter. And I do have a Facebook too, but my Facebook is more, I just sort of put stuff that's on my Twitter and my YouTube. I just put it there. So if you could give me a follow, it's Yukon strong on, on just look up Yukon strong on social media. You'll find me. It doesn't matter which one. And um, I also have a podcast I'm starting. I keep, I keep having life-altering <laughs> delays that are screwing me up. I have actually I have an episode right now that I haven't released in like a month. I'm just sitting on it because I've been so lazy to edit it with all this other stuff. But um, yeah, maybe check out my podcast and keep your eyes peeled on the horizon because eventually um, I'm going to be releasing a, a, just a small sh- uh, TV series. I don't know if it's going to go on TV, but I'll I'll for sure release it online. And uh, it's going to have really great content uh, for, you know, the hunting community, for the firearms community, and it's going to give everyone a glimpse into my real world. I've showed a few people now and they're just blown away. They're really, really think it's great. And um, I can't wait for that. It's going to be a while yet. But, um, you know, as for doing what every person can do, just listen engage don't be one of the people saying oh i'm gonna let someone else handle it like i have a suspicion that the ccfr is going to have another integrity march here 
And this, the next one will be a big one because now people say, okay, it was a lot of fun. It was really positive and a whole whack of people showed up and I wish I came. Like that's that's where a lot of people are at right now, the, the comments that I'm reading. So um, I, I hope they do it, not, not right away, but maybe like early next summer. And that would be huge. Like I think we'll get double, triple the turnout probably is, is very realistic. So um, be be willing to to stand up and you can go watch on my, my YouTube channel. I, I made a video of the, the march. It was it, guys, it was really a lot of fun. Like yeah. the, all the, the protesting and stuff aside, it was so cool to meet so many awesome people. And I just keep hearing that you've been saying that Andrew Lawton says that J Tracy Wilson, Rod, they all say it, you know, just to finally meet so many good Canadians and prove definitively that there are good Canadians there the the people who who really represent I think the, the the what what Canada is about from all all creeds all colors were there children yeah, women yeah. you know everyone is welcome do not worry about you know any sort of intimidation or anything whatsoever the, the people will just be giving you hugs the the minute you arrive we're a very welcoming group well DJ well, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and um I want to ask you to please come back on the show again very, very soon. Um, sure. And please let me know when your little TV show goes live, because I'm kind of excited about that just as, as an avid outdoor show watcher. Um, and uh, I think our people would really like to see um, you have some great success with that. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. It was, it was really awesome to be here, Sheila. Thanks. is such a great, calm, reasonable spokesperson for the pro-firearms rights movement in Canada. Exactly the kind of person we need up front. And the CCFR, well, they're taking the government to court to fight the gun ban, and I wish them the very best of luck. And as a side note, our law enforcement officers, many of whom are firearms enthusiasts themselves, are already stretched thin. They're under attack from social justice warriors on one side and gangs on the other. Our cops should not be put in this new, unwarranted adversarial position with their sports shooting friends and neighbors. When most police officers I know got into policing to put the actual bad guys in jail. Well, everyone, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here at the same time, in the same place next weekend. Remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.